0: thank you for tuning in to the life of kg podcast we are all about helping you guys in the beauty industry whether you're starting out in this industry or been in the business for years we want to motivate you educate you and support you to grow enjoy the show Welcome back to A Life of KG. So today I'm really excited because I get to interview Riksha Malik. She is the owner of Pastel Salons in Dubai. There's a chain of free salons and since this pandemic's been going on, obviously they've been exactly the same as us, had to close the salons and they've just been able to reopen again. So I wanted to talk to her about what salon life looks like now and to maybe give us a heads up ready for us in the UK. We're also going to touch on her story because she's extremely successful. So I'm looking forward to that. And so without further ado, here she is. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. So, obviously, you guys are in Dubai, so I'm so excited to be able to talk to you because, obviously, everything is so different in every country. Um, yes. Can you explain, well, first of all, introduce yourself and tell us what you do.
1: Okay, so I'm, my name is Rukshar Malik. I'm the owner and partner of uh, Pastels uh, Beauty Salons in Dubai. We have three branches,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we've been in business here for 15 years.
2: Wow. And...
1: Yes, but before that, I mean, I've been in the industry now for 30 plus years. Uh, but uh, in Dubai, I've been 25 years and I was working with my business partner first uh, for seven years before I decided I wanted to do something myself. And then I offered him a partnership or competition. and I think he chose partnership.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> oh, so that that's very good. Yes. And uh, I, I did my hairdressing training in London uh when i was 18 and was there for three years uh came back to india where i am from uh and my mom actually has always been very particular about um about her own hair always and you know always in india in in those days there was really not trained hairdressing so she used to go to bombay every time she needed a proper haircut from somebody that was properly trained so when i decided to do hairdressing she said you're not doing any of those short courses Two months three months we've got to do the beginners the advanced everything i don't want to. so we're investing a lot so you better make sure it's something you want to do
2: <laughs>
1: oh. yeah so that's how i got into hairdressing and then i ran a successful salon there for seven years before we moved to dubai with my husband's job when we had uh, the first daughter my first daughter
0: we've oh. been here 20 years now oh, okay so the reason you moved to dubai was because of your husband then Yes. So I I was very,
1: very busy. It was a one-man salon. It was one-woman salon, should I say. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, So it was me and an assistant that helped me clean up and shampoo. Uh, But I never had a big space. It was just a space that my parents had helped me set up. Uh, So when we finally, when we got married and I was expecting my first daughter, uh, he got an opportunity to go to Dubai. And I thought ideal because I, I don't want to work for a couple of years. I just want to focus on the baby. Mm. And that's how we ended up coming to Dubai because I was so busy in Pune, you know, where I'm from, as being one of the only few head, trained hairdressers in Pune. We were, we were booked out for months in advance.
0: Wow. So what was it that made you go from obviously working in a salon to then thinking, actually, I want to own my own salon?
1: So in Pune, I worked for a very short period of time with a salon uh, in a hotel, uh, just four months. and. It's just then that I realized that, no, I think I want to do this myself because I had been trained uh, professionally and uh, it was something that I always had a vision of having a space where women can come and do all sorts of services, not only hair.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then when I came to Dubai, of course, you know, I had my little baby, then I had my second one. Steven, who's my business partner, uh, was kindly allowed me to work as a part-time stylist and then as I start get, started getting a bit busier, I decided that, you know, it's time now to do again what I had done seven years ago. So I asked him that, look, I really would like to do that. And uh, he was very supportive. And, uh, you know, I owe a lot to Stephen as well, all the success we've gained. Um, and uh, he supported me and he said, you run it, you do it, I'll invest 50% of the money. And he was actually a partner in another business. So uh, that will come, I think, as we discuss a little bit more we'll come to that part of it and then that's it i decided to just plunge (laughs) and and actually, one of my clients had offered me a space uh in a small mall coming up and she said would you like to be a partner with somebody there there's somebody that wants to open a salon you can run it and do the hair side they'll invest the money Mm
2: -hmm. and i said
1: no Uh, if if i do a partnership it'll with anybody it'll be steven i don't want to go into a partnership with anybody else yeah and you we have, have to, to be write yes yeah. i i'm i'm a very i'm a very loyal honest kind of person and i uh, you know i i i said I'm, I'm like that with my team as well and they are like that with us so you know we love that sort of relationship that we share with the team
0: yeah definitely so you've obviously gone from opening up that salon with steven and then you've now gone to an empire of free salons yes what kind no, of made you <laughs> what made you kind of go to open the second and then the third? Like, was it about timing? What What was your reasons for opening more? And when did you feel that it was right to open the next one? How much time do we have? Yeah, as long as you want. <laughs> so, okay.
1: So when, when we opened up first, so like I said, I was offered the space through a client with, to partner with somebody else. And that's what actually got my mind working that, you know, it's about time. I think I really want to be doing my own thing. And then another client that was actually uh, a a very, very regular client of Steven's for many years that I had started doing her hair. And she said to me, there's a great opportunity coming up in a mall uh, where they're going to have a spa and they require a salon in there,
2: uh, Mm.
1: which was the Oasis Mall. Uh, would you like to open a salon? I said, let me ask Stephen. And then I asked him, he said, yeah, I'll do it. And it was small. It was a really tiny space. Four chairs and one waxing room, a little kitchen, and that was it. And we were just, and it was an ideal sort of setup for me to sort of put my toe in the water, if you like, to make sure, you know, because we didn't have a lot of money or anything. I literally used my husband's gratuity because he had then left his uh, job that we came with and we had moved on to another job. And we used his gratuity, Stephen invested part,
2: mm-hmm. and we
1: set up in the mall. Uh, very quickly within I think three months it became really busy Mm
2: -hmm. and the
1: relaxation room was was not occupied so I requested if we could take over that room and uh, they did allow us we took it over and literally we had set it up I think by July or August and on in September of 2004 the mall burned down
2: oh wow yeah
1: so when that burned down I mean I, I still remember that vision of one of my first stylists that I'd employed, Shakira, standing with me outside and we were just looking at this mall. So, oh my God, there goes the salon. What do we do? Oh,
2: and I had, seven
1: staff. <laughs> so I had seven staff that I didn't know what to do with. You know, what do I do now? Where do I go? So at that time, Steven still had his, uh, the hair shop, which he was a partner with, with somebody else in at the Hilton Beach Club. And uh, he said, look, you guys just come here between this Hilton and Hamid's shop which is where his other partner was we'll split the teams and you'll work so what I did is I asked the team look guys I'll help you look for another job I don't know when I'm going to find a space and how and what and we have no clue at the moment how long it's going to take so who wants to stay and who wants to look for another job
2: Mm -hmm. all
1: seven members decided to stay so -hmm. that was really the first feeling of loyalty or you know and Shakira is still with me as a stylist in the salon so uh so we then shifted like that and then I started looking furiously for places and you know places were just so expensive and I never thought, oh my God, how am I ever going to do this? Finally, we found the villa. We set it up. Just, and luckily, you know, the funny part was, Katie, that in the mall, everything pretty much burnt. Our salon space was untouched.
2: Really? We
1: I mean, had a sign from somewhere. So they allowed us to take all that equipment and everything out and we set up the salon in the villa. Uh, we were there for uh, in that location for three years, and this was 2005 finally while we set it up. Uh, and uh, we set it, and in 2008, Stephen received a notice from the beach club to say that they were shutting. So, what, we, what is he going to do? You know how, how life just works, it just opens doors as you start going along. And uh, mm-hmm. I got uh, one of my stylists then, uh, Carolyn, had said to me, I've got an inroad into the Ritz Carlton they're looking for a new salon to take over because they haven't had success with the two, three other salons that have opened there. I said, that's it, hotel. Because, you know, in Dubai, you might not know, but in Dubai, men can't work in a standalone salon.
2: Yeah. Men
1: have to work in hotel. So we needed a hotel for Stephen and a few of the boys at that time that were there. So we approached the ritz and They said, oh, no, no, we've just signed up with one of the international names. And then I just went for it and said, I said, look, international name is all very well is the owner going to be there they're going to put a manager in, in the place you're going to have a similar issue you know what are your issues you've been having with these other two salons and they explained to me and i said you know steven and me are owners of the business he's going to be in the location just you know think of it that way and we presented um, we presented a whole presentation for them and we got the salon
2: wow. so that's
1: how we got into the Ritz then that was 2008 uh, 2009 end or so i got a call from the mercato mall gm uh, she got my contact and she said would you like to open uh, a retail concept we want to introduce something different not a salon but a retail concept in our mall so basically hair stuff from everywhere mm-hmm. Ex- you know extensions clips you name it whatever brushes so it won't have a salon I spoke to my husband at that time and I said Sushant what what should I do should we try that concept he said it's not really your core business you know your core business is your hairdressing so I think you should stick with that but I said no I don't want to do it because it's not something like how many dryers will I sell and I just it was just something that I was not uh, familiar with or didn't know much about so I decided not to take that step Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, a month or so later I had uh, Josephine who was a redkin rep at that time saying that you know if you ever open something let me know I'd love to manage because I'm leaving my job and somehow in this, this in my brain I said maybe you know that might be a good idea I get her to I'll approach Mercato and say look this is what I would like to do if you allow me a small salon at the back and they agreed so that's how my Mercato salon opened
0: wow isn't it yeah. funny how things just fall into place like absolutely
1: that? absolutely yes
0: well a wonderful story that's so good yeah Thank i'll have you. to come i have to come and visit because I, have to. yeah i come to dubai is my favorite place ever we go there a oh, couple yeah. times a year yeah oh, lovely. so now when it all opens
1: up come back you'll be looking forward to some good sunshine then
0: yeah definitely definitely so obviously like covid19's hit the whole world Yes. How long did Dubai have to close for? I mean, I don't, have, we haven't really heard much about Dubai over here. So what was it like over there? And how was you feeling about the salons closing?
1: So uh, about, I would say, early March, in Feb, early March, the, uh, the whole thing of, you know, sanitize your hands, wear your mask, all that started happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then you world over, you saw the news of places shutting borders, doing stuff like that. Uh, and then it started getting a little bit worrying. Obviously, you know, are they going to do that here or not? And sure enough, that happened. The borders closed. And uh, we were told that on the 26th we would have, of March, we'd have to uh, shut the businesses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and we had to shut them. There's no choice. It was a very uncertain and unknown area of suddenly. And who had ever heard of something like this? You know, never in our lifetime have we yeah. ever dealt with a pandemic like this where you suddenly say, oh, God, everybody shut down, lockdown. down. You can't go out. It's yeah. almost like one of those movies. You know, you feel like you're in a movie where everybody's locked down because this biochemical has been released or something like that. Yeah. So it was quite, it was, a, it was an unreal sort of feeling. Uh, of course, the first situations were, what are we going to do? How long is it going to be? We, we were given 15 days at a time. And I must say, it was very well managed, Katie, over here.
2: No, so we no. got
1: very clear indications of the lockdown timings. We were not allowed out at all of your compound anywhere only for That's supermarket cool. no 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 not at all so if you are in your apartment you had to be in your apartment if you wanted to go to a supermarket medical anything like that, you needed a permit so there was a very quick online permit they came up with and you need to give a reason why and you must have that permit when you go out wow. so yes so we had that quite crazy uh, but we had to do it, you know. And uh, during that time, of course, I spent a lot of time. There was so much suddenly, you know, our industry is such a fabulous industry. When you think about it, everybody, all the big names in hair and beauty came out and started doing all this amazing free training
2: yeah. that,
1: you know, I was like I, my husband said, I've never seen you busier from morning to evening. I would be on my laptop or Zoom listening to some webinars, learning stuff. Uh It was I decided at that time, it's no point worrying about something that I can't control, right? So, as a thinker, I'm a very positive thinker and I always believe when something happens, something better comes out of it. My life has actually proven that in so many ways. And uh, I I sort of said, you know, whatever it is, I mean, how many years of successful business have we already had? So, few months, six months, whatever it takes, we don't have it. It is worrying because cash flows, etc. You know, you need to have, because your staff, I have, I have now at the moment we had 90 staff, but over the last couple of years, lots of people have gone back to their home countries. And I have now about 83 staff.
0: 83 staff. Yes. Across the three
1: branches. Yes. So that's, you know, that, then you think that you've got 83 lives to look after and we are like family in in the salon. You know, people have been with me for 15 years, right from day one, 12 years, 10 years, uh so for me it was like wow you know 83 families we have to think about it's not about just shutting the shop I have to feed so many people and their families and uh Natalie who's my uh creative director and general manager she's also been with me about 13-14 years huge support with this kind of stuff because she's also of a similar mindset to me mm-hmm. and you know she said It'll all work out. so Don't worry. You know, step by step, we'll do things and we'll plan it. We don't know how the buyer is going to allow us to open. Right. We didn't know at that time, what is it going to be? Is it going to be a month, two months? We didn't know, no idea because two weeks went on and then they sort of extended the lockdown for a further two weeks. And uh, when that happened, there was sort of a little bit because little rules had started relaxing, small little rules. Uh, you know, we were. It was during Ramadan that this happened, which is the fasting month in Dubai before Eid. Um, and uh, we were twelve to seven timings were given to us at that time when they announced that on the twenty-sixth of April we could open.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, so just before opening, we got little, little sort of feelers that there may be an opening. So. We did a lot during that one month. I just told all the teams because everybody was worried naturally. You know, lots of lots of our staff, Katie here, are not there with their families. A lot of our others from India and Philippines are not with their families. They are here on their own, working, sending money back home. Yeah. So for them, and they live with sharing accommodations. So it's you know, it's a small space to keep them motivated through that time you know I, mean, I used to send videos every few days of me talking you know rather than having a big zoom chat where everybody's you know on mm-hmm. mute i decided to send little videos of myself you know motivating them telling them what to do sending them training then we'd have a zoom every now and then to catch up to keep them informed of what's going on uh, so as a team we all put our efforts in together to mm-hmm. make everybody feel confident stronger not get into panic mode because that happens so easily right in this kind of situation oh my god i'm not gonna have money to feed my kids i said guys don't worry we're here we'll look after you whatever needs to be done has to be done so you know let's focus this time let's use it positively in educating ourselves and making our futures better time that we haven't had and that's what i learned so much on the various seminars that i did that you have this time now utilize it in the best way possible
0: definitely definitely so you were yes. closed for about so you was closed for a month then
1: we were closed for a month so literally on thursday the 25th at night late at night i got a call from the gm at the mall that tomorrow you can open oh my god tomorrow we can open <laughs> we can't open because we haven't you know booked clients in nothing but of course over the month we had started uh, talking um, amongst the management team of how we were going to reopen, what were we going to do. So we had systems in place. We had a document for, you know, what the clients should expect when they come into the salon. We had a document for what we as a team were doing to keep the clients safe. We had a welcome back um, uh, Google form that clients could fill in if they wanted to be on the waitress as soon as we get back, got back, sorry. Uh, We had all that in place. And because I had an indication that maybe we were opening, I decided to do the complete professional um, disinfection and sanitization of the salons. Mm -hmm. So that was done. Now the Ritz Carlton, where one one of our branches is, has shut. It's not open still right so you know that was one thing that uh, we didn't know what was going to happen how we were going to get into the ritz now i have boys that work stylists male stylists so what do i do with them i had to think of something you know i approached our sponsor approached the economic department to get permissions for them to work which was not possible um but then we have a nice fabulous salon owners group uh, organized here by professional duty
2: right.
1: and great support for salon owners between us we share a lot of ideas and stuff. So we had quite a few Zooms uh, with each other, sharing ideas and what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. So that was amazing for us to do. And then as soon as we got that, I decided okay, Friday we can't open. So let's plan moving of the stock from the Ritz to the other two salons so that the female stylists could at least start working within our other two branches. Uh, Let's uh Saturday we won't have a client day. We'll do a staff day because everybody had been in lockdown, right? So everybody's roots had grown. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. I need
2: my lashes done. I need this
1: and that. So we decided, okay, that's going to be a staff day. So everybody can come and have a bit of a pamper, do each other's hair, nails, waxing, whatever was required. But Mm -hmm. we were not allowed waxing. We realized by Friday when the rules got released, it was only hair and nail services. Mm -hmm. No facials, no brows, no beauty, no nothing.
2: So I said, oh my God, okay, doesn't
1: matter. Something's better than nothing. At least let's start. So, hair and nails were being done so team doing each other's hair and nails getting everyone prepped for the next day uh, we of course had very strict guidelines to put into place the social distancing guidelines wearing of masks all the time sanitizing all surfaces everything so again on our salon owners group we had all the you know all of us sharing various information you know where's the best deal for this what should we use how will we go about it uh, you know suppliers that were supplying the best prices for all the products so we got all that information together and basically put the guidelines i had one final zoom with the team to tell them what to expect temperatures to be taken off the clients as soon as they come in and off the staff because we have to ensure that all staff are also healthy when they come into the salons even though you're wearing masks and things like that so i made it very clear that anybody with a cold cough headache if you don't feel 100%, you just don't come to work. Simple. Yeah. We were allowed 30% occupancy. So 30% staff, 30% clients, not more than that. Uh, Timelines were 12 to 10, after which you had to uh, go straight home. You couldn't go anywhere else. So we had to supply a letter to the staff, make individual letters to say that they are working in a salon and you know they're going home. They will not be going anywhere else because police were stopping people on the way. So it was quite firm and strict, which I think has actually helped Dubai bounce back
2: faster.
0: Yeah. Has, so so all, all these things that you put in place and sell on them, was that what the government have told you you had to do? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in yes. the UK, we haven't had anything like that yet. So uh, we're all kind of in limbo of what's going to happen. If it's gonna happened. Happened. I mean, it'd
1: be fabulous for people listening to this podcast. Uh, and I did an, where you actually heard my first interview with Nargish Wadia Austin on conversations with Nargish. Uh, Basically, it's ideal for salon owners in, in, in the um, not Dubai, sorry, UK to listen to this because it's something that you could take back and implement in your own salons to make sure you, all your staff and all of you and the clients are safe.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: Uh, we had very firm guidelines. So how much occupancy, timelines, uh, social two meter social distancing. So we had to have stickers in place. We had to have everything printed and put on the door. Clients were not allowed to enter. You take their temperature... And once you take the temperature, if it's the temperature is okay, you allow them in straight into their seat after seeing reception, no waiting area, no walk-in customers, everyone to be wearing masks all the time, including including the clients. Uh, it was Ramadan at that time. So we didn't serve coffee and tea anyway because it's fasting month. Yeah. So no serving of coffee and tea. But now that Ramadan is over and Eid is done, we, are, we serve it in disposable cups and uh, glasses. Um, what else did we have so all this professional sanitization going on you know it's spraying everything after every customer gets up yeah so i will just do the journey it'll be easier client walks in temperature taken reception we check her in straight to her seat uh, the stylist therapist of whoever is doing her services comes she has to sanitize her own hands client has to sanitize their hands and then the service starts after the service and of course we have removed the in-between chairs between the stations for our hair area, nail area, alternate seating, backwash, alternate seating, um, at reception, stickers during payment time, no retail products, nail polishes, nothing to be touched by the customer. So we have a clear sign saying, please do not touch the products. Once the stylist takes off the product from the shelf if the client's buying it, it gets sprayed down and then put into her bag. Uh, so extreme measures being taken to keep everybody safe.
0: Wow. And how, how, how was your team about all of the measures? Were they nervous about putting everything into place? Were they okay about it? Were they worried about coming back to work and possibly catching something?
1: Of course, that fear is always there. I've got a few team members that have tiny children. So, you know, they were worried about that. Now, because people over 60 are not allowed into the public spaces yet in Dubai. So if you're over 60, you can't go into malls, you can't go into salons. Simple, unfortunately for these poor customers who are desperate to come in, but they can't. Yeah. Uh, but we have to We have to think of their safety, basically. So of course, the staff, when we, we, said, we said about the masks and the sanitization, that we had already done pre-closing, pre-lockdown, right? Mm-hmm. So that was familiar, but now it was going to be even more stringent. They were a bit nervous because by this time, one month, one had read so much, heard so much, there was so much panic around the world with all of COVID and everything. So people were a bit nervous uh, coming into work. but I said, look, guys, if we keep to the strict guidelines, we'll be fine. And yeah. though I didn't I, one thing I said to the team, if you don't feel comfortable coming into work, please feel free to stay at home. I'm not forcing anyone to come into work.
2: Yeah.
1: But I think by then people were so desperate to come back into some sort of normality in their life that uh, you know all the most of our team we didn't have, they were a little concerned. But no one said we don't want to come into work. We did have a few clients that said we'll wait a while before yeah. we come, which is fine. You know, people have to feel comfortable when they come in. We don't want any fe- people feeling fearful when they mm-hmm. come in. They want to come into the salon, want to relax, have a beautiful treatment, feel beautiful when they're leaving. So, you know, we didn't want anybody to feel nervous, worried, fearful. So some clients asked us that, look, we can't come into the salon. We don't want to come in just now. Uh, Maybe a reason because a family member is a little bit, you know, low in immunity or anything like that. So can you give us the color to do at home? So we would mix the, you know, give them the exact mixture. And we had to start doing that initially. We decided not to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what do you do if a 60-year-old is unable to come into the salon? She needs to have a hip rather than her going into a supermarket and buying the wrong product and then, no. have, you know, ruining our hair and then we have to set it right. We took a decision after lockdown that look, there may be some clients that don't want to come and we'll give them the very clear guidelines of mixing application. So At least we know that their hair is being looked after. Yeah. That's so we did certain clients. Yes. And so team was fine. Actually, initially, it's all a bit uncomfortable. The mask. I mean, now we even have a face shield. Yeah. Uh, that we've introduced um we had an incident so okay so Ritz and Jumeirah I mean sorry Mercato and Jumeirah opened Ritz opened on the 10th of May uh, I contacted the GM and said look when are you opening are you opening at the end of May as per the original plan he said to be honest I don't think so so I said is it not possible for us to work in the salon since we are permitted uh he said but I can't put on the AC for you guys because it's the whole it's the whole um wing that has to have and that's 2000 dirhams a day for the AC I said oh my god that's insane he said but what about a portable AC because we were thinking of doing that for a ramadan tent I said fabulous give me the contact and he literally gave me this I think on the seventh on the eighth I got the men in to measure up the space and let me know quotation ninth they installed tenth we opened (laughs) Wow! yeah because my my poor male stylist Carl and Stuart and Stephen who's my business partner you know what to do they have to they were going stir crazy at home
0: yeah so, so we've been we've been locked down for by the time we're allowed to go back which hopefully will be july it'll be three months that we've been off
1: oh my god crazy three months <laughs> wow wow we've been really fortunate and lucky I mean, yeah i think really also fortunate. dubai is much smaller right katie i mean the uk is such a huge uh, you know as compared to the uae it's much bigger
0: so, yeah, with our government, I mean they've been great financially, but they take took a long time to be able to shut us down. And then even when they did do put us on lockdown, we were still able to go out exercising and go into the shops and stuff like that. So it wasn't as strict as divine. If it mm-hmm. was then things might have sped. I up. think it'd be easier, yes,
1: yes. But you know, COVID is here for a while, so so much has evolved from that one month of being in a lockdown of what covid was and what people are doing now with it and how we are going to go with it in the future yeah. so that's how we that's how i've learned now since so the 10th of may my uh ritz-carlton branch opened fabulous everybody's in there uh, on the 21st of may i get a call from one of my team members that she has come in contact with somebody that has tested positive so oops I called. I called the hotel and I said, "Look, this is what's happened. Uh, I think I'm going to close for two weeks. Because 14 days is the guideline, because I don't want you know anybody to be in any kind of uh, danger or risk of catching it. So all staff is going to be isolated and tested. We had to do that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, we we've been, we are opening now again, reopening, shall I say, on the re reopening on the sixth of June.
2: Oh no! Uh, yes."
1: So we, uh, unfortunately, she tested positive, She's uh, fine, no symptoms, uh, and she's absolutely fine. No. So after that, I, so while that whole process was going on with the Ritz, we contacted clients, we sent out emails just to let them know that, look, this is what it is. This girl came in on so-and-so day. I can't tell you how fabulous all of the clients have been. Really? You know, thank you for letting us know. So supportive, you know, it's, it's, you know, you get worried that, oh my God, are they going to get upset with us? That we've done something wrong? But you know what, it could happen just by you going into a supermarket. So how do you, how do you, I mean, we were sanitizing, we were doing everything. Anyway, now the salon's been fully, according to our DHA uh, and Dubai Municipality guidelines, DHA is Dubai Health Authority. We have to sanitize it in a particular way after, in case you've got a a positive patient there. So we've done that already. And then I decided to speak to my doctor. I said, look, I need to get some, I can't, you know, it could happen again what do you do keep shutting salons opening salons it's crazy so she said you know what the thing to do is put on a face shield as well i would advise it gives you the extra protection if you're sanitizing your hands and even if you're wearing gloves gloves is not ideal but if you're wearing gloves wash with hot soap and water for the 20 seconds as per given you know instructions of the way to wash sanitize mask at all times and social distancing these are the three most important factors not sharing food. This is another thing we found out that, you know, sharing food. So it's so like natural. Somebody's having some biscuit chips. Oh, let me have some. You, you take some out. We've, we've stopped all that in the salon. They're not allowed to at all share food. Nothing in the salon to keep everybody safe. And uh, so now we've introduced the face shields. And mm-hmm. I'm going to keep them. I mean, staff is not very comfortable with it. Yeah. But, I, you know, at the risk of having to shut down again for two weeks, what do you prefer? Do you want to sit at home again for two weeks? No. So then we just do it for this timeline and, you know, it will change. Things will change in the way we look at COVID as well. I mean, I don't look at it as a panic situation anymore now. Some staff calls me and says something. Oh, please isolate for uh, 14 days. Don't come back to work. I don't want you in the salon if you've got any kind of runny nose, nothing. We don't know because you could be asymptomatic. Yeah. So you don't have any, all the girl who's been in, uh, who had it positive, she has no symptoms, no fever, no cough, no cold no nothing. She could be normal, you wouldn't even know.
0: Yeah, that's what's worrying, isn't it?
1: Yes, so that's the only thing is social distancing, washing, sanitizing of hands, face mask. I have advised our salon owners' team to, you know, a group that just put the mask on. I've had an experience, so you don't want any other salon businesses to start shutting down because even though you're wearing the mask, you never know. So, just that face shield adds an extra layer of protection.
0: Definitely, we we brought in face shields as well, and we're distributing them for people in the UK. So it's definitely the frontliners are wearing masks and face shields uh-huh. that will protect us when we're
1: exactly to. exactly. And now we are allowed as of the twenty seventh of May. We've been allowed to now do waxing and facials and uh, eyebrows, except lashes, etc. So thank God those poor staff members are now back to work,
2: yeah. and we are now
1: at fifty percent occupancy. Uh, Dubai has gone on to 100% today in the malls and uh, out and about in offices and businesses, but not in the salons. Salons are still at 50%, which I think is very sensible. I don't want it to start 100% right away because there's no way to social distance otherwise. If you start allowing all staff to be working side by side, there's no way to social distance.
2: No, so I
1: think it's better for a little bit more time uh, to be at the 50%. Mm-hmm. And then slowly 70% as they, as they allow us is what we have to do. They did want us to wear the overalls. By the way, the whole PPE gear.
0: Oh really?
1: <laughs> we all went nuts. No way. How do you work in a PPE gear? I mean, you're doing. So I called my doctor again. She's she's so kind. I tell you, she said just WhatsApp me whenever you want. Oh. So I've been you know WhatsApping her. Is this okay? Is that okay? Uh, and I said, do we need to wear PPE gear really? She said. If you're in touch with a COVID positive patient, like we are as doctors, sometimes we have a patient there and we are very close to them. We could be testing them for COVID, so we have to wear it. But I don't think it's necessary for salon owners. I mean, salon staff, so long as you're doing the mask and all the guidelines are given you and mm-hmm. the shield. And so,
0: they are in home, change, and they change in uniform or clothes every day and come in with fresh. Of work. course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what does it do you think that business is going to bounce back absolutely fine for you obviously it's like not fully booked because you can't obviously have all of your team in there that's obviously going to have a knock-on effect like how are you of feeling course that? That?
1: so basically uh katie obviously that initial bounce of plenty of customers coming in was the rush of customers coming in was wow lovely come on business let's have it even at 30 percent. it's fine come on everybody come in and uh but then that initial rush when it settled, then you get into a more steady mode. We did have quite a few days, especially in our mall location, because it's in a mall. Lots of customers were cancelling because they got nervous last minute,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and lots of people said, "No, we don't want to come into the mall." Even the mall was 30% occupancy as well. Uh, so that particular branch, we did have a little slowdown there more than the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two have been fine uh, in the sense that clients have been coming in. The stylists are fully booked. The nail girls are fully booked because obviously we're at 30%. Now we're at 50%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had that initial mad rush and now it's at a steady pace. Some days it does go up and down when there's suddenly maybe a spike because Dubai Health Authority has, a, uh, has an app that you can track yeah. the COVID cases. In the, so when you see the spike going up, everybody may be saying, oh God, better not go out today everybody's nervous yeah uh so we do have cancellations coming in sometimes quite a bit on certain days but other than that uh we've been managing luckily for us our cash flow in our business was there a bit so that i can pay the staff we were paying them because we don't have the furlough system like the uk has so
0: wow. so you have to yeah. use everything on your own
1: everything on our own yes so we've uh, you know, so what I did is people that had annual leave and public holiday spending, we factored that into their salaries. So they get, uh, you know, if they're working only, say, 10 days in the month, because we have to do a team A, a team B that comes in. So you come, this team comes in one day, another team comes in another day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their income, of course, has gone down also to half, if not less, 30%, because, you know, what do you do? So we we decided to start paying them their annual leave. So I said to them, I'll pay a bit in April, I'll pay a bit in May, and then we'll see what June brings. Now, as it gotten busier, most of them have finished their leave now. Uh, payment. So as it'll get busier, it'll be fine. I'm hoping that things, and luckily, not much travel. So generally, July and August, Dubai empties out, right? Because everybody yeah. goes back home. Yeah. So this year, fingers crossed, we are hoping that everybody's here and wants to come into the salons. So Aww. we get up, to make up for that lost time
0: definitely how have the customers been
1: are they okay like do they wear masks the customers as well they and have to buy you cannot go out of your house without a mask oh. if you're driving you and your husband in the car as an example you have to both wear masks wow. more than two people if you're single in the car no need for a mask more than uh, one person you need to wear a mask go into a supermarket you have to wear. It. so they have to come into the salons with the mask so we asked them to carry an extra mask in case they're coloring their hair and it gets messed up. Mm-hmm. So they carry an extra mask. We have had some clients that take it off. But we have to go up to them and say, look, please, it is the guidelines. We have to stick with the guidelines. We will be fined if we have an inspection. And they are doing more inspections, mystery yeah. shopping. because So many salons were closed initially when they started doing the waxing services without being permitted. Because they were sending mystery
0: shoppers in to check. Yeah. Big How fine. are the facials working then? They, if you're having a facial, are you still wearing a mask? No, so now that's that's
1: just been released in this latest uh, 50% uh, sort of rule that of course you're wearing, the, the staff is wearing the mask and mm-hmm. the shield. Yeah. So during the facial, the mask is allowed to be removed. Okay. So like if you go to a restaurant, no mask. While you're eating, keeping in mind social distancing. But for, uh, for the facials, waxing, brow services, has to wear the shield and the mask. Wow. And avoid, so what we've told our staff as well is avoid talking to the client. Why do you do the consultation while she's got her mask, you've got your mask and shield, and then say, while I'm doing the service, I will be able to talk.
0: And is your team social distancing from each other or because they work with each other, are they allowed to be together? No.
1: Social distancing in the staff room, so many people in a rich staff room is smaller, so not more than two people in our mercato the same way. The, the villa salon is bigger kitchen, so we allow a certain amount and they have you know time to go in for their lunch and their breaks and we have to keep an eye on that. Mm. because they were all sitting and having initially the coffee and you didn't you don't think of these things do you like you know sharing a uh, sharing your lunch oh you want some of my salad have some and our salon is an eating salon everybody loves to eat so yeah. <laughs> you pass by somebody's having something you take a dip in and have it so yeah. you know that's that's the culture we have in the salon everyone shares their food and um it's a very family-like atmosphere even me included i mean you know i go in and dip into the girls food and stuff like that but uh We've just stopped that just now because we've had a situation, right? So you don't want to take any chances. Nobody, you bring in your lunch in your box, in your locker. Don't leave it lying around. Uh, You know, no using the salon cups and things for your coffees and teas. Keep your cup in your own locker. Mm
0: -hmm. We've just
1: been very, very firm.
0: Do you think that it will start relaxing and go back to normal life? Or do you think this is going to be the new normal?
1: Oh my God, I hope not. (laughs) i hope not no i think it will eventually see the thing is it's something quite new and uncertain and there are cases popping up even now they say china again it's something we're going to have to live with and i truly believe that once you need to get it and then you're sort of built an immunity towards it then you have the antibodies to fight it right
2: yeah so
1: i truly believe that i mean if you if you're a person that's ailing already and has immunity issues those are the people i feel need to take extra care Mm -hmm. people like you and me that are healthy have great immune systems eventually you will definitely get it i feel everybody will get it at some point and then you'll build up the antibodies for it i don't think it'll be the new normal no no it's definitely going to have to change i've said that out there put it out to the universe this is not life and this is not what we (laughs) we, we want our freedom back please We've yeah. learned our lesson. Mankind has learned its lesson. Really, so much going on just now, world over, that you wonder nature is just unleashing.
0: I know.
1: You've messed around with me here. Take this. Take this. Cyclone <laughs> in India now, and you know it's crazy. The locusts coming. It's been. It's been insane.
0: Yeah. It's. It. It really is crazy. Have you have you um, looked at life differently with all this going on with personal one business or have you still got the same kind of mindset as you did when this happened?
1: I think, uh, you know, as me as a business owner and as a person in general, I'm a very grateful person and I feel very blessed in my life already. Mm hmm. I can say I feel even more blessed now. I mean, there's so much around and not to take away from the people that have already suffered so much due to this uh, pandemic. I mean, you, you just look around you and business is shutting left, right and center. I mean, people in India, like the migrants having no place to go, no food, no, nothing. It's just that part of me has, that compassionate part of me has I think been heightened even more. I feel. and I just feel like I want to be helping people somehow. Don't know how. I'm doing it in small ways wherever I can mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I mean yesterday what a fabulous gesture from a client. I mean it, it just shows how people have also changed you see and a client just walked in with about 12 bags of food like care parcels
2: Aww.
1: with you know oil, rice, biscuits this, that, pasta, whatever and just said to, this, uh, to our girls guys anybody that you know has lost their jobs please can you hand this out. I mean, what a a lovely thing to do, you know, and there's somebody that started an Instagram page, Stop and Help, which is fabulous. So I've I've been helping through that, where you just provide somebody that doesn't have a family. They've got, you know, they've got children. They've got, I mean, not not a family. doesn't have a job, no income for two months. Where are they going to get their food and stuff from, right? So Mm -hmm. I just decided that, you know, help where we can.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And our team members have their own families and you, you try and help as much as you can, really. Yeah. and team has learned as well i mean how fabulous they have been in supporting us as business owners my really? team has been oh amazing i mean so many messages i get you know god bless you boss the way you're looking after us you've always been in touch with us and may god give you more and you know i mean amazing don't worry we'll build back pastels together it's been it, it's been it's been amazing really so
0: lovely sorry yeah Obviously, um, you and the salons are successful. What is it that keeps you motivated? Because you seem like a really positive person. I love that. Like, I'm all about positivity and feeling grateful and all of that. So what is it that keeps you motivated?
1: I love to learn from... I'm a learner by nature. Okay, Katie, I'm 53 years old now. But I'm learning something every day, I find. And when I listen to various podcasts, I listen to, I, I love Oprah and her podcasts, Ekat Tolle. You know, I've learned over the last, I would say maybe more than a year, I have been very much dealing with the spiritual side of my life as well. You know, developing that a bit more, which you tend to forget when you have a busy lifestyle. And still now, like my husband said to me yesterday, you better, you better take a relaxation time, some relaxation time. Now I only see you 14 hours a day on the go doing stuff either you're I'm doing my one-on-ones with my team at the moment so for the last uh last almost two weeks I've been at home but on zoom doing the one-on-ones so those that are off I do the one-on-ones with he said you just being non-stop you better take a break and after this after doing the one-on-ones I might take a little bit of a break but I get motivated by constantly going I, I don't know how to put it it's like I, I, was- I see somebody doing something and uh I I look at stuff on the internet and I say, wow, that's a fabulous idea. I get motivated by seeing other people do successful things. So no one in particular, but uh, I think my team motivates me a lot. I have a fabulous management team. So when they come to me with ideas like Lauren, Natalie, Vezna, doing things within the salon, ideas, that motivates me and we get things going. And they call me the roadrunner at work. So, oh God. Georgie one of my stylists one of my top stylists she used to manage she said to me the other day I I, I put it we have a small group between three four of us and uh, a whatsapp chat and she said boss you really need to take it easy after this you know you've been dealing with this rich situation take some time out to chill out I said yeah I think after my one on ones I'm going to just tap out and not be in touch with anyone and then she sent a laughing emoji saying (laughs) she laughed and laughs you know lots of laughing emojis oh god help us when you come back <laughs> <laughs> You'll be on us then for the next thing. So yeah, I just get motivated by achieving, really. By uh, and it doesn't have to be achieving money. I just feel happy seeing people happy. So I love it when my clients give fabulous feedback on the team. So I'm not styling anymore that much on the floor, Katie.
2: Mm, I do few <laughs>
1: clients. No, I don't style that much anymore. I stopped styling maybe about not completely. I do. Uh, three days in the week just a few clients and these are just the few clients that refuse to move on to somebody else and (laughs) eventually the other day I passed a hint to one of them and she's been coming to me from India can you imagine and she moved to Dubai roughly the same time so 30 years I've been doing her hair I said aren't you bored of me now i recommend you to someone she said no absolutely not and then you feel bad somebody's been loyal to you for so long I mean you can't not cut their hair or color it or whatever they want so uh I said, okay, till I can keep going till I'm doddering. Maybe, maybe you, you got to start looking at a younger stylist now. Uh, absolutely not. She refuses to accept that. So, okay. So I do a few of those clients, but I've, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the management side of the business now. And I have done a few, I'm not trained in business at all. So when I started, I went from finishing high school directly into hairdressing. So mm-hmm. no business background at all, but I've always been good with numbers. So that's something uh, that has, uh, you know, helped me stay profitable, I think. But really, if you now look at the business studies that I've done. I did one with Adil Santi, uh, Susie Santiago. I did a mm-hmm. business um, masterclass with her. Then I did, I've done Nargish's many courses. I've done Jessica Crane's three-month... Uh, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So we did that. And it's every, every single course has taught me so much yeah uh i'm I'm now on the h p s stylist you know with David Barnett and Nicole Barnett. yeah so I'm on their Facebook page, and uh, we were looking at them coming in and doing uh, for our team a training, but now, of course, with this lockdown, it's all stopped, yeah. but i'm constantly I've done the Alan Austin Smith just now what he did during lockdown, which is amazing. I love his books. I've read all his books. so stuff like that, I'm constantly learning something, and uh, with no business training. One has managed. And now when you look back and you see stuff and you say, oh my God, I used to do it like that. How did I ever manage
0: But it's come true. Definitely. That's so good. So what's, what's next for you and Pastel Salon?
1: So, uh, to keep going really, I, I, we had the opportunity to open a fourth branch a few years ago, which I decided not... Uh, no, first we got the opportunity, we started the work for it at the Polo Club and... They had to shut, uh, sort of stop the process because the dress hotel burnt, and you know they wanted to direct their finances there. So that went through, and then didn't go through. And then I thought to myself, you know, I think it's good that we've got three branches. Let's focus. And by then, you know, the economy had started changing again in 2017, 2018. Yeah. So I thought it's better to focus on the existing salons and really work. By then, I had done my one business course. I was on to another. So I really wanted to use those tools that i had learned to implement them in the business to really get the business up to a fabulous level
0: Mm, that's good
1: so at the moment now with this new situation uh once it's over we'll see let's see what what brings I, i i never i never close any doors i love to keep all doors open and at least at least sort of go in and have a look at what's on offer and if i feel it fits into the plan then we'll do it so i'd never say never for anything let's put it that way
0: yeah, yeah. Everything right now is just keeping business afloat, isn't it? And just, Absolutely. It that's what
1: we've got to focus on now, you know. And, and thinking of something that because we have learned so much also during the uh, lockdown is everything's gone online now. I mean, look at this us two chatting. I mean, my one on ones is online. There's so much, and we've just started launching. That's our next uh, thing. That actually, what we are doing is setting up an online shop on our website.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so that's something we've decided. I wanted to do it a few years ago, but then. Then I thought, no, don't want to do that. I'll Let me wait a while. And then when this whole situation happened where clients wanted products, we have BGX here. You have BGX in the UK as well. Yeah. And BGX is fabulous. I mean, they take the, literally by Uber, take your products to the client's door within an hour.
2: Wow. We had
1: such a, such a lot of sales during lockdown
2: mm-hmm.
1: because we, so immediately that happened. They contacted me. They've been also fabulous support. And I contacted L'Oreal because we are a L'Oreal salon and all our suppliers said, look, give me a consignment stock to keep with BGX because the salons are closed. We can't get in there. Nobody can go. But they have their courier Uber service going out and doing this. So our suppliers were fabulous supporting us as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, okay. yeah, so they gave us the consignment stock. Whatever's not sold, we can return. So, Wow.
0: What's it like is- having a business
1: in Dubai? I think it's really quite easy. Sometimes you look at certain things.
0: You have to go into business with someone that lives there, don't you? It's a local sponsor. Okay,
1: but but a professional license doesn't need him to be a partner in any way. So basically, my local sponsor, I just give him an annual fee for being my sponsor, and that's it. Otherwise, they're making it really very easy to start a business now here. You know, in the free zones, you get a trade license, you set it all up, you get the visas. Of course, the huge cost is the visas. Yeah but the government has actually been very helpful just now our trade license has got a huge reduction just now uh, all our bank guarantees that we have for our staff have been returned so they're making a lot of changes now for yeah. the better yeah.
0: that's amazing
1: and we only pay 5% VAT which is amazing
0: yeah oh my god we paid 20 <laughs> I mean, when 5% came out we said oh
1: no but then you think, you know what, the rest of the world is paying a hell of a lot more. So be grateful and say, thank you for only 5%.
0: Definitely. And can you still claim back that on that no. 5%? No, you just give 5% back. Wow. <laughs> what a
1: difference. We've also been lucky, Katie, with our landlords. Uh, like the Ritz is not charging me uh, rent while they're closed. Uh, Mercato has given us three months rent free. My villa salon... Uh, haven't gotten back to me yet but i'm sure my next renewal is in uh early october and i'm sure he'll take uh, take an amount off at that time for sure
0: yeah i'm so glad you guys are okay and you're back up and running in business yes
1: i wish you all luck to set up yours also and please feel reach anyone feel free to reach out you know if you require any kind of tips or advice i'm happy to help
0: that's so kind of you i really appreciate you coming on it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you thank, thank you so time. much for
1: having me on lovely to meet you as well katie you're very welcome. good luck, good luck and stay much. safe and healthy thank you
2: bye
1: bye
0: we would love to hear what you thought about this episode.
2: I love the show, guys. You're awesome.
0: Please leave a review and share on social media tagging at kg salon, so we can share. I always follow them. I always follow them. Until next time, have an amazing, successful week.